Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of our mom's favorite podcast, the Strive Golf Podcast. We're back for another episode. Uh, it's good to be with uh, with my boys. So today we we have, obviously, we got Sean, the the, main, the number one, the, the co-host, and uh, we have a we're blessed with the presence of the uh, the defending champ of the the Southern Utah Long Drive, Mr. Victor Gonzalez, which we're gonna get to. Uh, Victor, how are you, man? I'm doing all right over here. My, my, my weekend was up and down, but I'm doing well. Yeah, we're, we're definitely going to get into that. So I uh, appreciate you joining to, to share some insights. And Sean, it was awesome to see you. I had a day up in Salt Lake. I was able to swing by a little open house for the little man for his birthday. Hopefully I didn't scar him too bad. He, for, for the listeners, he, he was fresh off, a, fresh off a nap and I was there to to drop off his little present and we had a moment we were we were cool there for a sec but i i think i got a little too intense for him and and he was uh he was shook there for a minute so it was uh but i mean you get the same way when someone catches you mid-mail you get a little cranky so don't don't get all up in my face (laughs) trying to you know talk some smack let me finish my meal get my full nap in and then we can chat but uh yeah it was was good to see you it was very good to see you and and the little guy loved your present so he's been been playing with it nonstop the last two days so he's figuring it out so it's been it's been fun but yeah good to see you and yeah. um yeah you both had a fairly tournament competition heavy weekend with uh we had the saint george uh stadium qualifier so you both played in it and uh devin you i mean you both had an adventure but but devin you had you had a full day at the course so I'm Walk still us coming through. Off. What happened? I, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm still exhausted and and yeah, riding a riding a high. But yeah, so we had the, the qualifier was was uh, at Sky Mountain. Of course, I I never played. I'd only played 10, 11, and twelve back um, late last year. My dad and I went and played there, and we hit a one man scramble tournament, and it was a joke. So we we so you'd three. you'd never played there. No, no, I hadn't. Wow. Just those few holes and uh we turned around and, and left. And and that's something I think that we're we'll get into about, you know, just kind of prep and 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 practice rounds. Uh I'm I'm just not a huge believer in that, but we can get to that. But anyway, so yeah, it was uh it was good. Victor, you'd played the course. You had played, I think there was the qualifier there a couple of years ago. You played really well, but they had cut the field because of COVID. Um but what, like, I, I don't know, Victor, you, you can go first, man. Kind of, I'm curious because I was able to see you right as you teed off. I was just getting there like 20 minutes before my time, but then there was a huge delay, right? Cause they were rolling the green. So we were automatically pushed back. So I was able to see a tee off, gave you the, the finger, the one, one finger salute as you uh, <laughs> teed off and then saw you again on about hole four. And that was kind of it. And I haven't seen you since. So uh, how was it? Uh <laughs> I mean, I did not play my best golf there on Friday morning. I mean, I, I love tournament golf. I mean, I'll just say that up front that I yeah. love tournament competition. It's something I, I mean, I, I fight the inner demons within me to say like, oh man, I, why do I always do this to myself? But as I step out of it, I go, you know what? I really do enjoy playing straight up tournament golf where everybody has to play the same golf course in the same conditions on the same pins with the full rule book and play and just kind of use that as a measuring stick for like, how good is my game right now? And so I've had some time to reflect on, on that, just thinking like, man, like there's so many different 
levels of players in an event like this. I mean, yeah, it's a qualifier, like just for our area, but there's people that drive from all over the place to play specifically here. Maybe they feel like they have an advantage at, mm-hmm. at Sky Mountain Golf Course. And so I did not make it. I was playing well and had a little mid-round uh, shake-up that, you know, if, if I had a, a caddy to help walk me through a couple of things, maybe my mindset yeah, on a couple of shots would, would have been different. But uh, when I'm when I'm out there by myself, just solo with my thoughts, trying to think about the different scorecard scenarios that I do and do not want to have, this 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 time the, the the course decided to get the best of me on that, and that course can certainly do that with how much lava rock is out there. Oh yeah, when you barely miss the fairway and you think you're gonna be just fine, mm-hmm. no sir, it'll it'll eat you up. No doubt, no doubt. And that's just to shout you out, man. I've always been very uh, envious, even back to the high school days, of how much you just embraced the competition and just not a lot of fear in those bones, which I'm jealous of, like, honestly. And you've always been that way. And it's always been something I wish I was I was more of. Because I think, I don't know, me naturally, there's a lot of inherent fear that comes with, oh my gosh, what if I hit two out of bounds and I miss a tap in? And it's just like the worst those terrible demons that I think that we all fight at times is always in the back of your mind in a stroke play full, yeah, full rule book qualifier, especially. Um, and that's something I've always been uh, pretty, pretty envious of, but uh, yeah. So I, as you kind of reflect back, I, I, any, I guess, is there any takeaways is just a simple, you know, readjust strategy is it just you know maybe just some natural bad breaks that happen like as you kind of digest and, and debrief it what what are like your your last takeaways and thoughts on it I, I think there for me it's um needing to practice putting I mean I put you and I play a lot of golf and we all play a lot of golf we love playing the full course we love right. just going for it. I mean the best analogy I can think about is is i mean if, if you're playing pickup basketball and all you did was just you know go to the gym and strap on your shoes and just go and play and like that first game is just kind of like your warm-up or whatever and then you get going and all you all you do is actually play the game you don't actually go to the free throw line and shoot 100 free throws or actually practice your jump shots or whatever your left-handed layups and so like the practice part is something that just hasn't been happening for me lately and i'm starting to find realize coming into these tournaments that man, being able to stand over a five or six foot putt and, you know, the two things that matter, the line and the speed, and to just do that over and over and over again and have a really good consistency is something that I'm missing right now. And so to, to think back on this, uh, this event, for me, it would be, man, I would love to have not three putted as many times as I wanted to, or as I did. And, um, and it's just different with, greens that are fresh cut and rolled because you only play on that type of condition when it's a tournament and there's there's not a good place to practice unless you want to go practice in your driveway or something on the fat the fast rolling there so it's like i just want to practice on greens that are the same speed that i see tournament after tournament yep yeah that's a good point i think we definitely want to circle back on that because i think you've brought up some really good points and some pointers that i think can help people regardless if they're playing competition golf, but if there's, you know, if it's your, a game that you're playing with some of your buddies, you know, twice a year, or if it's your work scramble tournament and you're playing with someone you want to try to impress, like those are rounds that may, you know, 
have a little bit more thought and, and effort and pressure to it. And I think those, those principles that you just mentioned, Victor, are, are some good pointers that we can give and, and just kind of debrief on that. So um, anyway, that's, uh, that's, that's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. But so as, as you've mentioned, I don't know if you all saw the, the Finau um, Fresh account on Instagram. So they were playing their annual little thing at Rose Park. And it was so interesting that you bring up a really good point of like the tour players, like they get to play on mint conditions, mint practice, freshly rolled, freshly like verticut rolled all day on the, the, the courses that they're members at. And it was funny to see Finau like putting on Rose Park greens and Rose Park, like the, the practice green and just like how bumpy and he missed some putts that like if they were on like freshly rolled cut greens, like he would have made them every time. I think there's a lot of like luck involved on those types of greens. So, um, but anyway, yeah, it's like we're mostly playing late afternoon after work. Greens are hammered. There's spike marks all over the all over the hole, and uh, we just don't really get a fresh morning, you know, greens. So that's a small nuance, but I think it's it's an important one to to note. So, um, yeah. Any anything else, Sean? Any other questions or anything before I? I don't want to be too long winded, but I'm, yeah. I haven't really digested it. So I don't know how this is all going to come out from my perspective and my experience, but I hope it's not too bad, but uh, yeah, I mean, while, while, while we're still on, on Victor. Um, so Victor, I guess I was surprised looking at the uh, yardage of the course. Like it ended up, I think it, what they have it playing at like 6,100 yards or something. So a little on, the shorter side i'm looking back on it victor do you think because you've got you you hit the ball as far as anyone that was probably in that field looking back on it do you think you would have wanted to hit maybe more irons off the tee do you think it was like some long game stuff that got you into trouble that put some pressure on the putter or like what do you think was the core like where do you think you lost the most strokes um for me i lost the most strokes i would say off of putts I mean, I did have a few three putts in there and that those are strokes that shouldn't have happened. And some of them were three putts from 20 feet. And so I was initially looking at those as like, man, I'm going to walk away with a birdie here. And then just, you know, faster than you can think all of a sudden I just missed a par putt from like four feet trying to come back up the hill or something and thinking it was going to turn. So putting hurt me. I only hit driver five times on 18 holes. So all four of the par fives, I hit driver off of, and then one par four, which was uh, that number four there, that dog legs over. Mm-hmm. And so uh, let me just do the math here. I was, I put one of those five drives into the desert and that was enough to obviously lose me basically one very well, possibly two strokes on that hole. Mm. And so, yeah, driver did hurt me one to two strokes off of number nine there. I took a bogey when it was a very birdieable hole there on number mm. nine. Mm. And, and so, yeah, very short. I hit a lot of, I actually had a hybrid go into the, uh, the desert there on the front nine as well, that par four, number seven there. And so I deliberately said, I'm not going to hit my driver here because I thought the shorter club was going to be the safer, straighter ball and do just fine. And I don't know what it is. Just my typical miss came in and I hooked one a little bit too hard. And at first thought it was going to just hold the fairway, but it just kept turning left and did find it in a bush about honestly, two feet off the rough and in an unplayable position. So there's another 
one to two strokes off of the uh, the card. So uh, driver wasn't the, the biggest hurt. I would say the putter was and just kind of the course management there. I think if I had one other person to kind of walk through a couple of he needed uh, Sean, the, the caddy savant, man. Yeah, I, I just needed some, I, some extra set of advice or an extra perspective on a shot of what to do or what not to do. And that really could have helped me. And so I'm going to try to start taking advantage of that on tournaments where caddies would be uh, the usual thing. So even if I find somebody that's not really the biggest golf fan, but just wants to come out and enjoy the round, that can help keep the calm nerves down. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, the reason I asked on, on, on that, because I know you mentioned putting, but I know sometimes for me, it's like putting is typically a weaker part of my game, but sometimes when I'm looking back on a round, I'm like, oh man, too many three putts. But then I look at some of the three putts specifically, and it's like, well, yeah, I left myself 60 feet for my first putt, right? That was always going to be a tough, tough two, two putt, putt with my putting ability. So then I think like, okay, where did I get into trouble? Well, Oh, I missed the fairway. So I didn't have a clean lie. So I just had to kind of hack something out onto the green or miss it a tee shot. So I had much longer into the green, or I just flat out missed my approach shot and it left myself a longer putt. So I don't know. Sometimes I, I'm always trying to find a, a reason beyond my putter that um, cost me strokes. So that's, I think that's something I'm trying to work on too. Or like, I, I step back and like, okay, I understand my putter my putting is a little weaker part of my game. How can I put less pressure on it? And then it comes into like the course management, right? Like, okay, I got to make sure I hit the fairway here. Cause if I hit the fairway, I feel pretty good about hitting the green within 30 feet or so. And then I should be able to two putt that. Um, so I was just curious on, on if you look back on your round, like some of the three putts you have where it, were they completely self-inflicted putting mistakes or were some of them like legitimately hard putts that you knew you were going to have a, a tough a tough par putt for your second putt, but it sounds like it was most, I mean, more putting inflicted, but. Yeah. I, I was going to say the three putts looking back on them, they were being above the hole mm. and hitting a good putt. Like, honestly, some of these I thought were going to go in, but then they would just trickle out rather than being just a Killer. one and a half, you know, one and a half to two feet, just like, you know, step up and, nothing to it all of a sudden it moved to like the four foot range it just kind of bled out on some of those greens there and then i would stand over it and i'd be like all right this is just straight back the cup and maybe just the smallest push or the smallest uh pull on it or i are just a straight mystery i'm thinking right edge all the way and it hits the right edge and stays above the hole there i just kind of like oh, like you, you guys know how it is as golfers it's just like you hit the putt you wanted to and the wrong read led to the miss putt on there and so being above the hole killed me on that i should have had way more uphill putts yeah and they were man they were they were rolling they were quick and they well what you think would be maybe just 12 inches behind the cup just they just kept on going kept on going so yeah um <clears throat> so yeah i think this was uh this was quite the the experience for for me obviously big goal and something that Victor and I were talking about pretty often as we're as we're playing and uh yeah I, I, it's it's hard like I don't really know where, I guess to just start to say I my mindset going into this I felt like was the difference maker if I were to be completely honest like as far as a golf uh, like ability 
there were 17 guys that are way better golfers than me that were playing in that, in that tournament. And I honestly think Victor being one of them, <laughs> to be honest, like I, but I just, I felt like I, I, I didn't, I audibly said on the first tee, like when the lady asked who in the group would like to like keep the manual scores or the live scoring on the app, I, if I was going to be asked, I was going to like decline. Cause I didn't want to know what the, the cut was. I didn't want to know where I was. I wanted I was going in very specifically with just like a, a game plan that was just kind of in my own, like I was there to do one job and, and that was kind of it. And I just kind of stayed, like I was still open and, and talked to the guys that I was playing with. Um, but I didn't get caught up too much in the qualifying spots. Um, so I think that honestly ultimately helped in, in what I was doing and yeah, it was really really pleased with the way I, I, I hit the ball. I, I, the first tee shot was, I literally chunked it. Like I hit a six iron, maybe 125 yards. I didn't even get up over the hill. Um, and that was kind of my first test right off the rip of just trusting my swing and, and letting go. And was a, I had another six iron. It was like two ten, kind of downhill a little bit, hit a six iron, like eight feet right behind a completely blind shot, like right behind the pin. And that kind of set the tone for me, um, made a good par, buried the second hole. So I felt like I was kind of off to the races, but yeah, I, I only hit one driver that was on hole four. When I saw you, Victor, it was, a, I, I'm to be completely honest, I'm kind of in a driver yip situation right now. I'm just playing this bad hook and it's just, I'm not comfortable over the ball. And I was really pleased with myself to just have the discipline i didn't touch my driver the rest of the day and i still made not great swings um with with the hybrid that was kind of my my tee shot uh stick was was just going with the hybrid and uh anyway but yeah i kind of plotted it around and uh i knew i was like right at about where i felt like pretty comfortable given what the cuts have been historically but I didn't really know exactly, like I mentioned. Uh, but I will say the one thing that I want to highlight uh, before I get kind of in like the real juice was hole 18. It's a par five. It's really short. If you hit a decent, somewhat decent driver, you're going to have a mid iron into the screen. And that is right as the wind kind of picked up and I hit, I went with hybrid and hit a really good shot initially. And it was just up in the air and it's an elevated tee shot. So it was just in the air forever. And took a hard bounce, hit the cart path over a guy's fence, literally right into his lawn chair. <laughs> and I was like, I was kind of shook to be honest. I'm like, cause I'm, it's par five. I'm hitting three off the tee and I had to walk all the way. And it's elevated. Like I said, I had to walk all the way down. The other two guys had already hit, had to get a ball market, walk all the way back up. And I was like, well, do I now just try and trust driver? And, but I was glad, like I said, I just stuck with the game plan and I just said, you know, play for, play for a six like you're you're it's okay and I really honestly I was able to let go of that swing and hit a really good next tee shot and hit it up on the green and, and two putted for a what would have been a nice four um, but ultimately was a six come to find out that was on the the right there on the bubble there were six guys um, at that at, at 75 and we were there for two spots so had to wait around ultimately had to go to a playoff for for the two spots. And at that point, like I mentioned, kind of with the mindset and with the, the game plan that I had going in, I honestly felt more comfortable than I thought I would. Cause I just felt like at that point, like these are all really good players as a kid who played, you know, two guys that are college players. Um, another kid that I see like 
a lot. A guy I played with was also one of them. He was a really good player. So they're all good players at this point. I just knew that it was kind of up to the, who was going to be the strongest mentally, to be honest. Um, and so, yeah, first, first playoff hole, this, uh, so there's, we're all playing in one group, all six of us. Um, so we all hit the last kid ends up going with the driver hooks it way left. Looks like he's going to be dead. Um, so he ends up hitting last cold blades. It one hand finishes is screaming the, at the ball to sit down. Cause behind the green, three yards deep, you're out of bounds. Hits the upslope of the green, hits the pin, drops to a couple inches and taps in birdie. He gets to go home. Congratulations, you've qualified. So he gets to drive back and the five of us continue on for one spot. And uh, anyway, I don't get too much into it, but it was, it, yeah, it was just an absolute battle. Um, and to be honest, there were like two other kids that were in there. And right from the first playoff hole, they... I, I could just tell they were, I don't know. I said to myself, okay, I don't have to worry about these two because they both were pretty audibly and physically like upset. Like the one kid left his birdie putt on the first hole pretty short and he just was losing his mind. And I didn't even hit the green on the first hole. I pulled it way left and had to get up and down. Um, but after seeing that, I was like, okay, I don't have to worry about this kid. And sure enough, the next, um, so we went to a par three, we all parred um, the next hole and he totally blocks his shot out of bounds has to hit a provisional the next kid does something kind of similar and i literally hit an eight iron off the tee <laughs> literally just right down staring at the 150 stake hit a good eight iron um and me and this other guy made par and we kind of continued on and um it was so for three straight holes i kind of had do or die putts to extend the playoff with the guy that i played with all day i was in this cart we, we shared a cart the entire day it was like crazy what are the odds so shout out to Brett. He was a good dude. He was, he was fun to play with. Um, so it was just me and him at this point playing for the, the one spot. And uh, yeah, long story short on five, I had a probably eight to 10 feet on the fringe putt for par to extend the, the playoff. Cause he was in with par made it go to the next hole. It's a short par, uh, short par four. He drives the green, the front of the green. <laughs> I laid back. I had to hit a six iron. I had like 98 yards in. Um, he cozies his eagle putt to like just a couple inches, taps in for birdie. I have like a 20-foot putt and uh, ended up making it. It was like a left to right slider, 20 feet, center cup. I think that was kind of jarring to him. I think he felt like he had it, to be honest. Um, and then, yeah, go to the go to the next hole and was able to, to make another birdie and and snag it snag the last spot by by one so it was a freaking grind man like uh, I, I mean there's so i this is so hard to kind of like you know recap all of this because it was an eventful day i mean i was there teed off around 8 30 didn't leave till like 4 30 so it was a long freaking day um but certainly one that i obviously you know selfishly am i'm really proud of it i was really proud the way i i handled myself mentally and uh, yeah, super, super excited for, for July to go up to, to Soldier Hollow. And it was a really cool experience. So that was, that was mine, man. I, again, there's a lot else. I feel like I'm missing a lot of other details, but ultimately it was, uh, it was a battle, but finally, you know, someone had to do it. So I was lucky enough to do it. Was it? I just, I can't comprehend. Was it weird playing as like a six? I'm starting off. Was that yes. kind of like a weird thing to get used to? It, it was. And, and just, it was just a vibe I've never felt before. Like I, 
it, yeah, it was just weird to have all six of us. And then the two, well, I guess there were three kind of the rules officials and the guys coordinating from the UGA um, were there and were following us. So, um, and then the, uh, two of the kids had a, like, had like a brother and a sister and then one kid had his mom and dad. So I mean, it was kind of a bigger group than, you know, just carts for days. Um, and yeah, it was, it was really, uh, it was a weird dynamic. Um, but just to see that kid, like, and I was first one to hit, cause I just hit a little iron off the tee. I think it hit like a seven iron had like one forty in. So I pulled my wedge way left of the green. And luckily it ended on the one section of grass. Cause if I was right, it's lava rock and out of bounds. Um, and had to hit kind of a little high flop shot and hit it, ended up hitting it to like a foot. But I, I could tell that like right off the bat, knowing that that kid bladed it, hit the pin and was like that close. Everyone knew, okay, he's probably in because he's going to make this. And then this kid, this Devin kid is not going to make because he's the only one that didn't hit the green. Um, but it didn't bother me. It honestly did not bother me. And I think that was because of just the, the game plan kind of coming in. Um, but yeah, it was definitely weird to play all six of us. And it was just such a, I mean, the tension was there. It was real. Like I've never felt that before where six guys are grinding for two. We all just, you could tell we wanted to slit each other's throats. So it was interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't follow, I didn't follow the other guys around the playoff at all. I wonder, I wonder how they finish. Like if they, if they, like you like bogey to get into the playoff or if they birdie to get into the playoff wonder. Yeah. Brett the guy I played with that. I was in the same cart with who we battled the, the three or four extra holes together. Um, he, yeah, blocked his, his drive on 18 way, right. Took forever. Uh, Cause there was some rock situation. He had to hack it out, ended up hitting like a hybrid to the front of the green and he hit a putt across the entire green bounced hit the back side of the cup bounced up dropped in for a four and that got him into the playoff so that was crazy to see that and we were because of that we were when we sat down uh we were going to be assessed uh we missed a checkpoint and so the guy just as soon as he sat we sat down he just looked at us and was like gentlemen you've missed a checkpoint you guys are 12 minutes or so behind pace so as of now we'll be assessing you a penalty He's like, but let me talk through the situation and what we had and, and see, you know, and so we're all just like, Oh my gosh, no way. Like this can't be for real. Um, but luckily we had some rules, things that were a little bit out of our control. He said, we were looking for three minutes. He's like, we we're in need of three minutes that are outside of your control to not assess you this penalty stroke, or you all as a group can identify the slowest player or the, the person who caused the slow play and we'll assess them. And it was just, it was awkward because everyone, me, Brett and the other kid we played with, like we definitely all would have pointed to Brett to be honest. Cause that last hole, he I mean, we were on that hole for like 25 minutes. And so it was, it was, it was awkward, but luckily because we had to wait on a ruling that gave us the, the grace of three minutes and we weren't assessed the penalty. So yeah, it was interesting to see his side and my side of how we got in. I'm not sure about the others, but all good players and it was yeah it was interesting so that's crazy yeah it was it was pretty wild but uh it makes me uh makes me not so bummed because i i left i my last qualifier i left thinking i wasn't going to make it into the playoff but my score would have ended up being in a playoff 
I think it was gonna be like I think it was gonna be like an eight for one. So hearing your experience, I'm like, yeah, I'm the kid that just folds right off the rip. I don't get that tee shot on the first playoff hole off the box. I'd hit it. I'd I'd hit it out of play, and I would just walk my driver back to my bag, take it off the cart, and walk to the parking lot. Nice, nice meeting you all. Best of luck. Oh, yeah, it was it it was pretty crazy because they were anticipating initially, you know that that it was going to be a stroke higher. Um, but yeah, some kids just came in and, and stuck at, at about that two and three over. And so anyway, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty crazy, man, but it was, it was a really cool experience, like I said. And I think there's a lot, um, that I think is a good kind of segue that I, 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 like we mentioned with you, Victor, I want to kind of circle back on, on those kind of the, I don't I, maybe we can do the full like we because I think when we all have that tournament like for us it's a, a the state am qualifier is a is a good good kind of our Super Bowl so to speak um, for others it may be like I said their company charity tournament where they want to play their best that always gives us that extra I better hit the range because I need to dial in some stuff I think everyone has that um, so I'm curious I'd love to hear I'm, I can share mine I'd love to hear from both of you like what what does that week look like is it heavy into getting as many reps in is it a balance of play nine practice kind of debrief on it like what what is your thought process and obviously it's it's hard because we're not full-time golfers like we have jobs we have little people we're trying to keep alive so there's other responsibilities but i'm curious like what have you all found to be effective what does that week look like and any recommendations you can have victor go ahead please uh give us yours curious say like when I'm playing my best golf it's probably because I'm playing a lot of golf but I have the ability to practice and I think right now with you and I uh playing at Bloomington we don't have a driving range right now and so it's just out of the question to well not out of the question we could go to a couple other driving ranges here in town but you know at our home course not being able to play nine holes or play 18 holes and be like, man, I need to fix this drive. I got the hooks coming in more than I'd like to. I'd love to just go hit 15 drivers right now and just figure this out. Like that hasn't been a thing for this past year. (laughs) And, and I think it has an effect on us because we literally, and we'll probably do this at some point this week, Devin, we'll just show up to Bloomington to play our, our, our round and we'll get to number one. And it's a big mystery as far as like, all right, where is this first drive going? (laughs) We don't have the ability to the car. Yeah. To warm up, you know, we we do a little stretching, we get a few practice swings in, we crack our back a few times, and let's rip it right down Going away to the left in the bunker. <laughs> and, and and so I would say, yeah, for tournament prep for me, it's because I like that week leading up, I, I'll play, but I'll also be able to practice on demand where it's like, yeah, I know this course is going to have me hit certain drives and I can expect to hit these types of wedge shots into these greens so i can hit a lot of those i I won't focus a lot on you know mid and long irons because a lot of it would be either a hybrid or a driver off the tee that leaves me 150 and in Mm -hmm. on a lot of the courses that we play yeah and so and then the putting aspect is just being disciplined enough to be able to say all right i need to go out for an hour or so and just putt away and get the stroke down right and I did not do that this week because we played Memorial Day Monday and then I didn't play again until Friday morning. And so just with the busyness of life, I did not get out for three straight days leading up to this. 
And it probably had an effect when I show up and expect to play my best and I didn't get the reps and I needed to. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, good point. And like I said, like, I mean, life happens, right? Like when you got kids and you got, you want know, to make your wife happy, you got a job, like all that stuff is, is an important aspect. And I, I would say I was, I was lucky enough to be able to, to be able to get out and play. Cause yeah, we have a course that's a little further South that we're able to go hit balls for free and, and, and do that. But of course this week for me, trying to figure out this whole driver situation. I mean, I, I didn't want to admit it, but I, I switched my driver midweek. Cause I'm like, I got to figure this out. So I went back to my M five just to kind of get a different feel and same thing, just hooking it. And so I go to the drive, I go to the sun river with, you know, my, my plan, my, you know, my, my, my practice plan and part of it was the hit driver, but their tees were up. So I couldn't hit driver. You can't hit anything over 250. So I'm like, oh, that's perfect. So I wasn't able to do it. Um, but I was able to, again, practice. I think the, the biggest thing for, for me is try to just identify, okay, like if, if there is big holes in my game right now, like I want to go figure that out. And for me, it was very obvious that it was the driver ball striking was there and then putting, I think putting to me is the, like the main thing that I want to make sure I, I practice. Um, and I have like two drills that I've come to like really love. And I feel like helped me a lot. I had a lot of, you know, four footers, three and a half, four to five feet, um, that I, I didn't miss, I didn't miss those. And I attribute it to, I don't know if you've like, have you guys seen like the gate drill where you, you can put two tees on the outside of your club to just make sure you're hitting the center of the, of the ball. And then also about halfway, like if it's a four footer at two feet out, put a tee about, put two tees about the size of a ball, um, where you want the ball to enter in through the tees and go in the center of the cup. And so there was times I remember, I can think of like three or four specifically where I imagined on a four footer, those two tees right halfway through my read. And I had my point where I wanted that ball to go through. And that, that really helped um, for me. But I think the biggest thing is, is the day before I don't like to play. I like to just go and have like a 35, 40 minute or 30 minute putting practice and, and doing something simple like that. Cause ultimately for me, it's like, you're either going to play well or you're not, you're going to have it that day or you're not. And, and it's kind of, again, up to your mental state of how you're going to either play it or fight it or what that's going to look like. So for me, it's definitely not practice heavy. It's just light intentional practice round, like practice sessions. Um, and then the day before not playing and just, and just putting, that's what has worked well for me. And that's something that I would suggest, like, if it is something that you're specifically want to work on, do that. Um, but don't, don't overdo it. Cause it's, I don't know, at least for me, it just, it can lead to some, some other things. And Sean, we've both seen it in both of us where we just over practice and beat balls and it doesn't do us any good. Um, so that's like my, my kind of routine. I, I, I like to do that as I'm prepping for say a, a big tournament or, or something that I'm specific for. So that's what I would suggest. Sean, what, what are your, as yours kind of, you know, split the difference there between Victor and I, is it similar? What are, what are your kind of go-tos? Hold on, Devin. What putter did you have Friday? Uh, spider. Oh, you went to the spider. I, I did. It's just been there because, for two weeks now. Yeah, because my, the spider of the Bloomington Am, the Bloomington Amateur, uh, that first day, if it wasn't for that putter, I would have shot an 84. I hit the ball so bad 
and I managed to, to shoot 75 somehow. And it, it was because of, of the putter. And it was just like the, the, that, that gate drill that I was talking about doing that with the spider. I just felt so comfortable with it that I, yeah, I just stuck with it. So I almost went back to the Scotty. Um, but after the Bloomington M, it just was, it was vibing. So I kept it. <laughs> and I went back to the Titleist for the one swing, the one driver swing that I had. I went back to the Titleist driver, um, which was weird to go back to the M5 for five or six swings. It was, it wasn't good, but anyway. Yeah, that's funny because I, my last, at my last qualifier, I, switch to spider basically i mean i was texting you guys like what putter do i play with on saturday and yeah ended up going with the spider and, and put it pretty well so i've had it in the back for the last couple of weeks i think i'm gonna roll with it through at least this week i mean my choice my preference would obviously be the scotty because i like the i like everything about it but i mean at the end of the day the spider just feels a little more comfortable right now on those five to six footers so i gotta gotta roll with that in the tournament setting um, but to go back to your question, I, I think historically I've been one, I mean, the best analogy I can make is the kid cramming for a test in school, right? Where it's <laughs> like, I've got five days or three days. I got to get as many reps in and just, it's just like, I don't care if I remember it after the test. I just, yeah. I got to get as much repetition in thinking that will help. And <laughs> I, I mean, full transparency it has not gone well, really. I've played very poorly in <clears throat> just about every tournament setting I've had in my life. So this year, trying things a little differently, where um, if as I'm leading up to the rounds that I, I'm caring about or um, like invested in, I'm trying to just make any golf experience I have positive. Right. And so for me, that's just kind of focusing and just getting swings and things that I'm most comfortable with. So it's wedges for me. So I want mm -hmm. most of my range time in the week leading up to the event to be just wedge heavy, hitting all sorts of different mm -hmm. wedge shots. Like I'll start with 50, 60, 70 yard shots, making sure I'm hitting it right on my aim point, And then just gradually fuller and fuller wedge swings until I'm hitting it out to like that 125 number and just seeing if I can put it right on my line and checking contact. So, and the more swings, like, cause more often than not, I'm going to hit a wedge off the center of the face, just cause I, I don't know. I, I feel really comfortable with my wedges and I consider myself a pretty good wedge player. And so there's just, I don't know, there's a lot of positive reinforcement that comes as I do that. So that's, that's what I'm, I'm trying to focus on. Um, and then just with this, tournament specifically i know that my first three tee shots are going to be five iron five iron three wood and so uh, i usually especially like today and yesterday and, and maybe tomorrow after sort of my wedge session i'll try to hit like one or two five iron swings just to make sure it's like relatively straight and i feel like there's nothing crazy in the swing and then do the same thing with the three wood mm. um and then just just try to finish on on wedges. So that's that's what I'm gonna try this year. Just try some more positive reinforcement stuff, like doing things I know that I'm gonna walk off the range feeling good about myself. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's funny. I we're talking about this because I think it was today, Evan from the Par Train who we had on last week. I saw something that he had posted where it's along the similar lines, like where if you've got a big event coming up, like 
there's no sense of like trying to cram in those last couple of days, right? Like you said, Devin, it's like, you've already made the swings, you know how to play golf. Right. It's right. not going to make like a marginal or like a noticeable difference. Um, and so I don't know, that's, that's more of the mindset I'm trying to take. And then even like specifically as I get into the tournament, because most tournaments give you some warm up balls, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to hit anything over wedges when I warm up, like I'm just going to flip 25 wedges out there just as kind of a warm up. but I don't, I almost just want kind of like a fresh slate of when I get into some of those longer clubs, like just falling back on like all the good swings I've hit in my life. Right. Cause if I block one on the range or something, that first thought on the first tee with that driver, whatever's going to be like, man, I blocked it on the range. <laughs> I got to try to turn this over where yeah. like, it's silly because right. my natural ball flights, a draw and right. 80% of the time I'm going to start it down the right and it's going to turn over left. So it's like, Yep. Why not just go to the team knowing like that's kind of your go-to as opposed to like, well, freak, my most recent swing yeah. was a block. So <laughs> I don't know. It's almost like a, an ignorance is bliss approach kind of yes. thing, but yes. And I don't know. And I, I struggle with the practice putting too, because like Victor, it was such a good point. Tournament greens, especially on a course you don't play regularly is more, more likely than not going to be very different conditions from your green that you have like practice access to. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm like thinking of this week, there's like a putting green pretty close to my work that rolls typically pretty fast and smooth. So I'm like, maybe I I try to go there to get some putts, but at the same time, my qualifying sites got a lot more undulation in the greens. There's going to be a lot more break. So Mm. I don't know. It's tough to try to simulate that. So it's like, where's that fine line, right? Because I do think part of that practice is, practicing on those conditions but yeah no i agree and that's why i feel like and just to that point with the putting thing as is like mine are not so much lag putts and speed putts it's more of just like the repeatability right like we've talked about that a lot leaning into comfort leaning into something that's repetitive and that's why i kind of like the, the gate drill for on a on a four foot putt four or five feet just to get like that stroke down. Victor talks about it a lot, like of just like getting that putting stroke down. It's back of the hole. It's committed. It's not like, Oh, and especially for me, cause I go back and forth on where I look at the hole and I keep my eye on the hole and it's like, okay, well, do I trust that? And there is kind of, I've thrown in a, another curveball and to how I'm feeling that day. Cause like we said, I'm such a field player. So it's all relative to that day. Um, so I think that that is a good point. Uh, and we saw that I'll never forget the feeling on the first hole at the state M last year, dude, when you were caddying for me on the, on the range at Alpine, I was just bombing these high slight fades. And I'm like, well, this is new. This is weird, but I like it. Like it's, it's good ball flight. It's relatively deep, a good carry first tee trust it. I'm, you know, kind of center to, to left center of the fairway, which is odd for me. And sure enough, turn it over and <laughs> I'm halfway standing in, in the hazard. So it's like, man, if I would have just trusted and leaned into my repeatable swing, which is a draw, I would have been, I would have been real nice. So I, that's that, that point rings very true. And it was um, funny, funny in that tournament. Like, honestly, you didn't, I don't think you hit a high cut with driver once in nope. the two days. Nope. Everything, your best drives were all the five, the high, 10 yard draw. Yep. <laughs> So. exactly um 
Victor, I, I, I want to know, because you made a comment. It almost shook me. I'm going to be honest. Like the night, I think it was the night before, maybe two days before. We were like, bold move, Devin. Not not playing a practice round, not playing the course before the tournament. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Like, are you got are you kind of big into that, kind of doing your, your groundwork on kind of understanding the course? Because I have my opinion on that, obviously. But like for you, is that kind of part of, of, of a, what you feel is an adequate sufficient prep is doing a practice round identifying you know the golf course itself what are your thoughts on that yeah um i don't know if i've ever played a tournament at a course i've never played before and so for you having never played sky mountain and then probably seeing like the just the trouble you can get into and some of the angles off the tee and stuff like like I, I kind of knew like going in, I mean, it's kind of a poison to your brain that, Hey, I know this is over there. Therefore it's on my mind. Yes. Three holes before I even get to that tee shot that I have that one coming up. Yes. And, and so, yeah, I mean, there's a, an ignorance is bliss there because I kind of thought like one of the guys I played with, he did qualify and he's from Yuma, Arizona and is coming to at Dixie and wants to get onto the team there same scenario and like didn't know the course and was hitting driver on holes that nobody wanted to hit driver on but he was just like doing his normal thing he would just line up go boom and like if he kind of knew you know if he'd played that course 10 times over he Mm -hmm. probably wouldn't have hit driver on some of those things and so and and so yeah i mean it's for good and for bad obviously like look at tour guys maybe they're the exception but like they know every course they play because they get the right. practice rounds there and then yep. year after year they, they see so many of the same venues again like why does tiger do well at augusta probably because he can lay down at night go to sleep yeah. and as he right before he's falling asleep he can just think about all the different pin locations he's ever had at that course and how yep. to, how the good ways to get to him and the bad ways to get to him and so yeah I, I mean yeah like when, when i said like man Devin, you really have never played that whole that course because some of those holes were short. It's like, okay, what did you do on number three? It's a drivable par four. Would it have ever crossed your mind to go for that thing? Or did you know, no, nope, I'm just going to hit my 170 yard shot off the tee and then just hit in from there. I literally hit eight iron in regulation and hit eight iron again in, uh, in the playoff. And I, everyone else hit three wood and one kid hit a two iron, a driving iron, and I literally was hitting an eight iron. And and that was just because I, yeah, as I stood up on the tee and I I pinned the flag at I think yeah, I was like two two eighty. Yeah, two eighty nine or something like that. I'm like, that's weird. And then I looked and I and my eye naturally biased always looks left, and all I see is freaking lava rocks. So I'm like, well, not a chance. Am I doing and, and it's like, yeah, it's a short hole, so why not hit an eight iron and have a very comfortable sandwich swing? So um Anyway, yeah, I, I, I think that, like I said, being a field player, it's like whatever I have that day, I'm going to just I'm going to try and embrace it and play it and I'll either have it or I won't. Because I noticed the week before at Bloomington, there were so many times on the like par five specifically where I hit tentative protected swings that cost me that I normally with me and you were playing. If I were to put my drive where I did, I would have been licking my chops if we were just doing our regular match. Um, but because it was a tournament and I knew, okay, if I miss this, like on 16, that par five, anything left is OB. And with it being a back pin, I have to carry it, whatever the carry is. And so I took three clubs less and, and put myself in a weird position. So at least for me, it's like, I just, I didn't feel like it was part of, of my necessary prep and game plan. Cause like I said, I kind of had a soft game plan. And in my mind, what I was really trying to do was to, to shoot two over. 
that was kind of my, my goal. And, and I knew I was going to be flexible with it, but I just knew like that was my goal. And I have, it's just me in the course. Like I, anyway, so that was kind of, that's kind of my thought on practice rounds in general. Um, but that's just, again, how I feel like I can set myself up. Sean, I, I, I don't know. You're in, I feel like you're a little bit more go see the course, go play it. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I like to see the course for sure. Um, Cause the way I play golf is my strategy off the tee is I'm hitting to the widest part of the fairway. Um, and so mm-hmm. most of the time I'm trying to just anything under 150 yards basically. And so a lot of times yeah. my aiming point is the 150 mark. And so what, what club do I need to hit to get there? Um, and so like with Gladstone coming up, like I mentioned the first two holes, I'm going to hit five iron off the tee. Cause I know that's what can put me kind of over the 150 mark mm-hmm. pole in the fairway. Um, is anything. And there's, I mean, there's some curve in the holes too. So any, there's just more trouble as you hit more club, right? It's just harder yeah. to hit. So I'm, I know I'm just trying to do that. And then, but then on the, my third hole I'm playing, it's a, it's a short par four and it's a really weird awesome hole. hole. Such yeah. a cool hole though. Like it's a really yeah. weird hole where you have to, you have to hit it over 210 to get it like up on the hill. So you can even like see the green. Mm-hmm. And so it's only a 280 yard hole, but you still have to hit a 200 10 220 yard club to begin with so like in that scenario because it's as wide at the 220 mark as it is the 280 mark in that case i'm like okay i I feel good about hitting a three wood just as good as i do hitting a four iron right Mm -hmm. just kind of my comfort level so i mean really that's what i'm trying to get at and then um, as far as like approach shot stuff i'm trying to just bring long out of play right so i think historically, I mean, a great example would be, okay, if I've got 148 yards or something to a back pin in the past, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to try to hit, take something off a nine iron and just land it as far back on the green as I can try to get it close. But I'm thinking this time around, just, okay, if I've got 148 or something back pin, I'm just going to hit pitching wedge to the middle of the green, Mm -hmm. right? Just do things like that where I can try to just keep things more in my control right so i don't know but yes i I do like to see the course just so i know my landing zones yeah if i know landing zones then i I feel like i can make better tee shots but it's not it's not something where it's like okay i need to go play the course four or five times but before the tournament like this one the course i'm playing out in my qualifier this week i usually play once a year so i'm like okay i I know every hole I've played it enough. Mm -hmm. I don't really need to try to go make any extra trips down there. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, I I think that's, yeah, just really important stuff. And again, it's, that's, what's so great about about golf and, and how our minds work. We're all just, we're so different and how we process stuff and really just try to, we're all just trying to enable ourselves to play our best golf. So just, you know, trying to tap into that and, and foster whatever that may be. Um, but I think these are good suggestions. Like we all have different takes on all of those and our approach. Uh, so I think like for people listening, like that's just something that you can kind of take and fill out and just gauge what is most, what sits the best with, with you. Um, and just, again, just trying to, to play your, your best golf, but 
that's, I mean, I think this is all really good stuff. Any final takeaways or any like final thoughts or recommendations that, that we have for listeners, for each other, for just in general, um, when we're looking to, a around that we're circling on, on the calendar, Victor, any, uh, any final parting <laughs> thoughts or suggestions? Uh, I would say just like the different sports I've played. I mean, I've played football, baseball, basketball, and obviously golf. Uh, my high school years became my favorite sport and my go-to, but just with all sports in general, it's practice pays off. And right. you, you just look at the guys that qualify. It's because they're really good and they practice a lot. Yeah. Or, I mean, a lot of these guys are high school standouts or some of the current college players here in the area and just really good amateurs. Some of them are used to play in college and, right. you know, they're right around our age. They've been out of school and they've been working their careers for a few years, but they still have the competitive spirit within them. And so, you know, they might know the course really well. Maybe it's their home course. I don't know. But it's just that practice pays off. Like these guys are in rhythm. They're at their probably peak level as far as their careers are going to be playing. And so if you want to compete and kind of use these events as a measuring stick as to where you are, then if you practice enough for it, you'll probably be ready to play the way you ought to score when these events come around. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And that can be, you know, whatever you are on that scale, I think is is so accurate. Like if you're trying to, again, break, you know, 66 with your foursome scramble, like if, if they're, you know, you're going to be the first putter or the last putter or whatever, I think it's, it's important to like, like everyone says, like the harder you work and the more intentional you are, the luckier you, you get. And I think that's a principle outside of golfing. That's the same thing in life, but particularly with, with golf. And I think we've, we've all seen that and, you know, and I saw, and like I said, and I think that's what has been really cool about, you know, having Evan on last week, um, working on my mental game. Honestly, like I said, like stepping on that first tee with six other dudes staring at each other. I just, I had this, this like feeling as I looked around, I'm like, at this point with this playoff, it's all mental. I just had to tell myself that, you know, maybe these other five guys haven't done the same mental preparation and have been intentional about that. And that gave me the confidence to just say, I'm going to take this. Like I'm, I'm going to have one of those two spots. I'm going to hear them say my name and say that I can, I can leave. So, and again, so I think that that all became merit of intentional practice. And if I didn't do that, I can't confidently say that. So I think that's a really, really good point. Sean, any Thoughts from you on the yeah, last takeaways? Yeah. Um, I think this was also touched on in our last episode with Evan, but in the end goal with anything, right? Golf, other sports, any activity in life is you just want to rid yourself of as much tension mm-hmm. right, as you can, because tension is kind of your tension is a killer, right? For peak performance. And oh, yes. so And I mean, I take it a step further too. It's like, just put, do things or prepare or practice in a way to set you up to have fun in kind of your higher stakes activity, right? Tournaments or even like outside of golf, right? Mm -hmm. Like if it's something you're working towards, like like what you did when you ran a marathon or like other training programs, right? Mm -hmm. Like if that's like a big goal of yours to accomplish or like you're working towards something, 
just make the preparation fun, right? Like don't dread it. Uh, Try to have fun. Try to remember what it is you enjoy about this activity. Mm -hmm. And I think that goes a long way, right? Like anyone, I mean, everyone's got the capability to kind of practice and work on technical aspects of things. But Mm -hmm. if you get, if you let tension get in the way, it just, no chance. Yeah, you just can't be free with it, right? And then at that point, your results are going to suffer. And then if you're going to let that affect you mentally, then it just kind of a spiral effect, right? So I don't know. I It's what I'm trying to come back to this year is just real or remember why I love golf, mm-hmm. all the different things I love about golf and just trying to grasp onto that. And anytime I'm, I'm practicing golf to try to you know free me up when I get out onto the course, especially more high stakes settings. Yeah. Love it. Couldn't have said it any better and could not agree anymore. So amen to that. And with that, I think we'll, we'll end it there. Cause that's a, that's a great high note to, to leave it on. Um, and just, uh, you know, the last thing I got to say, and, and just the, the shout out is, is all the good vibes to, to Sean for, for this week, Thursday, right? Thursday, yeah, Thursday, Thursday this week. Good, good vibes. We'll be, we'll be following along live scoring sending you all those all those good vibes and some uh maybe some uh text that will hopefully make you smile and help you remember that this is something you should enjoy so uh anything else boys or should we wrap it up i gotta i mean i gotta hear the story on victor's long drive just because it's a world i'll never i'll never be in victor Victor Dude. participates in some long drive competitions. I got to forget the Southern long drive, the defending champ steps up with a stock off the shelf driver. These other homeboys are going deep. And this guy, the defending champ. So yeah. How did I forget? Tell us about it, Vic. Oh, okay. So down here in St. George, we have the, uh, I mean, I get it. It's not the Southern Utah. It's, it's everything's titled across the board as the Utah long oh. drive. Oh, okay. so even, I, you know, even bigger. I have it here is yeah Utah long drive stuff out at Coral Canyon. So okay. it's a good event. I mean, obviously it's not anything that's going to be on TV or anything, but I mean, we have dozens and dozens of guys come on out for different divisions with um, the men's amateur, the men's open, which includes some of some professionals. And my gosh, did they show up this year and absolutely crush the, the field. And, and then a few different senior flights, 40, 50, uh, 60 plus, um, divisions and the women's and juniors division. So it's, it's a full set. And I saw the pictures. It looked legit. Like it was a small event. Yeah. Yeah. So the, uh, I mean, every year I've gone three years now and this is, it's getting more, uh, prestigious as it goes, more sponsors are helping out with it and it's becoming a better uh, kind of a showcase down there of long drive stuff. And so the simple explanation for how it's done is on Friday, they have a, a six hour window from three to, uh, to nine, which is basically when it gets dark out here and that's qualifying. So uh, pay 20 bucks, get six balls and for the different flights that you want to qualify into. And you just have to just crush them, crush them as fast, as hard as you can out there. And just your longest ball that that lands within the grid and stays within the grid um, is counted. And so they use that number and they have a guy right there with one of the, the lasers, range finders at the top of the tee. And the guys that are down there, a couple of guys that are down there fetching the balls in the 
in the grid, they'll just, you know, stand with the right in front of the ball and hold up a big towel and they'll just mm. shoot the laser off of that. And that's the number you get go off of. Mm. And so, um, so far I, I, I qualify in, so they take the top in the men's amateur and the men's open division, which is what I, I played in. Um, every year I've done it so far, I've been able to qualify within that first day, which gets me into the Saturday um, actual event. And so they had 11 of us in that qualifying stage what was your what was your qualifying number um i mean there's a pretty good wind out here and so uh qualifying number in the men's amateur was 322 and then the men's open was 327 and i mean this is this is and the wind was howling because that's into the wind right i was playing the playoff at that time and it was howling so that's yeah it was it was windy i mean lucky for me i mean i have a a pretty good penetrating draw ball when I want to get after it. And so that helps with the, uh, get a, get a little bit more penetration and roll out in the wind. Yeah. And, fo- so that and, fo- helps. and fo- in football, they call it yards after catch. You got, you got a big yards after catch roll out on your drive. <laughs> yeah. yeah it just depends. I mean, the, the first fairway, that's where they do it out on, on Coral Canyon, that first fairway. And I mean, there's certain spots you want to hit where you can try to get a down slope rather than hit into the hill on that left side that's there. And so you're, you're trying to hit it down the right side and get it to kick the right way into the middle of the fairway and just get as much roll out as you can. And so, um, so I did my qualifying Friday. It held up going into Saturday and go out there and they actually have a putting competition as well. They have a closest to the pin, uh, competition for quarter million dollars there and 18 years running. Nobody's gotten the hole in one off of that 175 yard shot that they do for the hole in one there. Um, but they have prizes obviously for the putting competition, the closest to the pin. And then finally the long drive rolls around, they start going through the different events and for the amateur, uh, the amateur and the men's open are the, uh, last two events of the night. And they had 11 of us that were on the top qualifying. And so we all hit again, we hit five balls again, and, uh, it's staged so that two people are going at the same time off the tee, just so they can get the, the guys going through. And it's a good time out there. I mean, they have music playing because it's one of the radio ESPN radio guys in town hosting it. And so he, he's done a very good job at uh, he's a cool get, dude. That's it. getting a crowd out. Dixon yeah. guy, right? Yeah. So that, guy we, that guy we played with. Yeah. We played that. Yeah. He's a cool dude. Yeah. Great guy. I mean, huge golf nut. And so he loves, loves this stuff. And obviously a sports guy, he does an ESPN show here in town. And uh, he's calling it and encouraging guys. And he has a pretty good history with the players that are out there. And so two at a time you're going. And so then you just hit your longest ball, all 11 of you just hit another five and they're going to start seeding you at that point. So the top six will go on and the bottom five are just done for the night, at least within that, that group. And so they start seeding you. So one and two will get a first round buy and then, the three and the six seed play each other and the four and the five seed play each other. And then it's just match play after that, just, you know, a regular bracket, Mm. uh, the way it goes. And so I got into the men's amateur and open and I all on, on both of those, I was able to be in that top six qualifying on those and both events. And I'm kind of shocked with this, but honestly, it's just the really good competition that was out there is I was the three seed in the uh, the men's amateur. I ended up losing to the six seed that was there, and he just crushed the ball of his life. I mean, uh, great golfer, one of the Dixie State golfers, and 
I hit one out there. I was three. 337 on that and he beat me with a 358 i mean he just absolutely crushed one out there and must have just had the oh my you know, the 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 flight and just the perfect just power draw that carried and and i thought i hit a pretty good ball but man he just absolutely crushed one out there and i was really surprised i mean i'm not paying attention to his swings because the way it was set up he was behind me hitting so mm. i would just hit focus on reteeing and going i could hear him hitting but i'm never watching or seeing where his balls end up and so at the end, when it was, they're out there getting their towels out and measuring the long ones. Uh, there's somebody, one of you, one of them is hitting white balls and the other one's hitting yellow balls. And so you kind of differentiate. And so it's like, all right, white 337, yellow 358. I was kind of like, wow, no way. I just lose by 20 yards on this, but he oh got me, God. you know, straight up. And, and so wow. I was out there and had to wait for the men's open division and was able to get into the top six on the just regular qualifying. So they dropped the other five guys off and I was the five seed on the men's open and played another Dixie state guy on the uh, men's open division. And I was, you know, swinging my guts out, maybe was pull drawn a couple of them too hard. And I lost again. I mean, it was, I don't remember what he hit. It was probably around the high three fifties again. And I was there. Yeah. Three, 330 and just you know lost by a good 10 or, or 15 or 20 yards again on that and so my night was done there both first round exits on the uh, the bracket wow. event not able to place in any any of the top three winning winning categories there but last year for some reason you know it was uh i i got knocked out of the bracket round first time uh in the men's amateur but then when the men's open came around i was able to get in that top six and then in three consecutive matches get to the finals and actually win it. And I, I kind of surprised myself. I mean, I must've just hit the right balls and some of the other guys maybe were awesome. hitting them off the grid or the ones that they did keep on the grid were less than mine. I was hitting in like the high three fifties. I even had a three sixty two last year. And I'm going to say this for the record that I was hitting my M five farther than I am. My TSI, like I am ripping my TSI as good as I could hit a drive and it is not going as far as my tailor-made M5 did. And so, I mean, by the numbers, it's true. It, it just, it is not as hot off the face and I don't know if it's a shaft or club. Where's, the mute, thing, where's the mute button? Uh, that's all I'm going to say. I'm, mute, all, I'm muting you, dude. All of us no. play there. I mean, TSI is amazing driver. I love hit my driver for comp for just, you know, regular yeah. rounds of golf and competition. But if I want to get after one for long drive purposes, yeah, I would have to go with, my tailor-made m5 i mean for it, it was it wanted for me last yeah. year and i couldn't even get close to the numbers of <clears throat> of it last year with my titleist tsi and i talked to some of the other guys there that with their you know their their long drive drivers their special shafts and special club heads and one of the guys that won it was a pro and came up from mesquite and actually i actually lives in st george now but he's a pro that has gone to the national events all over the place and he hit a ball last night out there his longest one was 395 i mean absolutely just crushing it and i i i, I felt the driver that he used because i was asking him about it i was like man like my tailor made i would just hit it farther and i described the way that my last two drivers have cracked and he's like that's exactly what happens when the driver is done like the way the way he just i described my crack across the top of my r15 he's like that happens to every single one of his drivers when he breaks them 
It's a, it's a little, it's right on the weld line at the very top and then right across the face on the top. Sean, you ever, and, you ever broken a driver? Not from hitting a ball. <laughs> That's yeah. I, I, yeah. So, I, I, in two years, I've broken two driver faces an R15 and an M5. Both were great clubs for me. I witnessed them both. It was wild. Yeah. So, uh, for me, he says he's, he's broken fresh crank driver heads. He said, I've hit, you know, 10 swings on one. I've broken one before. And some of them will go 5,000 swings. You just, it's hard to say what you'll get on them. But he says the face is hottest right before it breaks and so when you're really just ripping it off the face you know you're on your last little bit on the face and i thought that was kind of interesting that mm. when your driver is just producing at its highest volume it knows that in the face is hot it's close to breaking then when the driver becomes non-conforming that's when it goes the furthest and it's about to crack. so <laughs> come on I mean, some wow. of the driver shafts that they're using out there he was like yeah you know this driver shaft is custom whatever it was it's between a two and three extra stiff and, and i'm you know i'm out there with my inches regular long. yeah yeah you're just like, like 43 inches <laughs> 48 inches or whatever it is like 48 inches with a shaft that's the equivalent of uh between two and three extra stiff and when i felt it it was like wow this does feel just in a different league compared to the tsi that has that little wiggle yeah. at the tip even though it's yeah. an extra stiff shaft has that little extra wiggle yeah. at the end of the shaft and so um yeah. for me it's a lot can, of fun to do yeah. these long drives and it's fun to just be like all right you know among the golfers i play with i hit it generally far i'm known as a longer hitter but then when i go out and i play against guys with the different drivers and shafts and everything and, and they're good athletes yeah that have a, an amazing club head speed and get after it sometimes i can beat some of them and sometimes like last night man two dixie state boys put me out of commission welcome to my world victor now it's like that's what it's like playing with you every freaking day so you know it's a different game but i think i kind of made the 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 commitment to myself like all right this tsi unless it proves itself to just be the amazing go-to in competition play i think i might be switching back to tailor made for my next drivers down the road (laughs) because they're just a hotter face for me i just hit them farther so if that means something to me i might be having two drivers i'm a titleist when i want to be a titleist gentleman on the country club and tailor-made when i need to get after it on the <laughs> long drive competitions both drivers i actually lost to were sim twos oh interesting oh i was the only person out there with the titleist driver there are a few different callaways uh you know stealth and sim twos were out there quite a bit and then the special long drive drivers few different brands there yeah I, I, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm, I, I love the TSI and the fact that I love the look, I love the feel of the sound, all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, I think TaylorMade, and that's just because like the TaylorMade tips are, they're higher up on the shaft and the, like the, and the uh, Titleists are a lot longer. So it takes up and it makes the, the shaft a little bit shorter as far as what you're swinging. So it's, uh, I, I can sympathize there and I get it uh, as far as, you know, the, the tailor-made versus the Titleist, but you know, I, I don't know. I'll, we'll, we'll default that to another discussion because there's a lot, a lot to be said there ultimately, but it's super impressive, man. The fact that you can do that with a TSI driver and compete with those dudes with 48 inch six X stiff shafts. Like it's, it, that in itself is, is crazy impressive. So we'll, uh, Best of best of luck for the next year, and you can be a two-time champ when you 
get your crank driver on the 15 shaft. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. So, so for me, I yeah, figure, like, I figure I could come caddy for that one for you, Victor. Just hand you the driver, say, okay, hit it far, swing hard. My guy. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I get out there and you really do feel the, the adrenaline rush because when you know that, that first ball or two, you're trying to make sure you get a solid one on the grid, like you're still getting after it but you got to make sure you get at least one on the grid there. Mm -hmm. And then those last two or three balls, you're just, you know, just pulling something deep within you trying to just go for it. And so uh, sometimes you're mishitting them and guy, you know, guys are skying them, guys are topping them because they're trying to swing out of their shoes. But when they connect, yeah, some of these guys send the ball far. I mean, they're traveling from different States to be at this event and stuff. And uh, obviously the, the big ones down in Mesquite in the spring and the fall there. Yeah. But there's a few others across the country and I'm not ready to get into anything like that. I'm, I'm okay. Just with my local Southern Utah area down here going after it. And so year after year, I guess I'll have to just make sure to stay in the gym and get strong and try not to be a stiff as a board and work on flexibility a little bit more. And I'm going to be 30 this summer and be a, be a dad of two and try to get out there and, beat up on some of these guys that are Just, big muscle heads and and tap into that that dad bod strength i know i got i was i was gonna make the comment i imagine there is a lot of testosterone flowing at this oh my this word weekend. man it is it is a muscle <laughs> fest out there so i had a little reggie out there with me and so he probably learned a few new words with some of the guys out there yeah, yeah you're not gonna catch me out there but uh thanks for sharing Vic. appreciate it good stuff and uh, again, we're, we're rooting for you for, for next year because Sean and I certainly will not be there. But if you need a caddy, if you need some tips, we'll, we'll be the first ones to sign up. But uh, anyway, always good stuff. Always a pleasure. Thanks for joining. Sean, again, all the good vibes, my man. And for those, the, the listeners, we appreciate it. And uh, we'll, we'll see you next week and keep striving. Peace.